Welcome, my name is Scott Perry. And I'm Linda Perry. We serve in the Welcome Center and attend the Momentum Yes Life Group. Let's set our hearts and prepare by opening up to the Holy Spirit. Receive what He's speaking to you. Process with God afterwards and apply the messages through prayer and action. We encourage you to journal and write down your prayers and thoughts throughout your fast. How are you reflecting and responding to God? All of our subjects that we are discussing are based off of going deeper in our relationship with Jesus and living that fully devoted life with Him. Today we'll be talking about doing well with what we have in our hands now. At the end of chapter 3 in Exodus, it tells us that Moses was called by God to assemble the elders of Israel, and together they are to approach Pharaoh to ask him to let the captive Israelites go. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Moses answered God, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Here we have our first example of one of God's chosen using what's in his hand to do God's will. This simple wooden stick was now a staff of truth, and he would use it as a sign for Pharaoh. Moses' obedience to God allowed him to use his staff to perform many miracles just as God promised. The staff was used as God's instrument to deliver the Israelites from Pharaoh, to part the Red Sea, to win a battle with the Amalekites, to release water from a rock. As Moses learned to use in faith what God put in his hand, his life changed. As well as the course of history, many others in the Bible were chosen to use what's in their hands. For example, David used a slingshot to take down a giant. Samson used a jawbone to slay the Philistines. The boy with two fishes and five barley loaves feeds the crowd. The widow had a little pot of oil, which increased enough to pay all her debts. Like them, we are to use in faith what God has given us. No matter how small or simple, God will use it. A few years ago into our marriage, we heard a teaching on how to pray with open hands. In this way, there is nothing to hold on to. Everything we have is God's, and what He does place in our hands is to be used for His glory. Part of doing well with what we have in our hands now means using the physical and spiritual gifts that God gives us to be part of His story. This resonated with us as part of our spiritual growth. Our willingness to walk in obedience with God started with our baptisms in 2015. Shortly after that, the Holy Spirit led us to open up our home to host a life group. This positive and fulfilling experience grew our spiritual gifting in hospitality. Our open hands led to an open door to first provide housing for short-term missionary needs. This then led to a pretty big ask from the pastor who baptized us. He and his wife would need a place to stay for a year while on sabbatical and raising support for new missions work overseas. <sighs> Deep breath. Is this really what you want, God? We don't have a huge house. How much will our utilities increase? The decision to say yes was pretty clear. 
sharing our living space, loss of privacy, and running out of hot water, just to name a few, were all challenges that God pulled us through. Supernaturally, God provided. And because of this, we get to be a part of their story as they share the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations in Europe. Coming full circle, we were blessed this fall to once more open up our home to host and lead a missions-focused life group with PLC. Let's remind ourselves again that everything we have comes from God and is to be used for His glory. In the daily challenges and frustrations of life, focus on the character of God, about what He has provided and what He has done. Gratitude focuses our vision. Gratitude minimizes our perception of what we are owed. Gratitude is life-giving to the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control all thrive in the presence of gratitude. 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 through 15. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testified, they gave as much as able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this manner. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work, so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it, according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality at the present time, so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality, as it is written. The one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Our question to you is, what has God put in your hands? Ever wonder how God might use you? God equips us in various ways. See what He has given you. We like to have people over to our home. You might respond, I like to cook. I can help a group of people get things done. I have the gift of gab, or I'm good with my hands, and so on. Offer to God in faith what He has given you, no matter how small or simple, and God will use it, sometimes supernaturally, to do His work. You'll soon realize how God is using these simple things in new and wonderful ways. God has a world to save. You're just one person. What difference can you make? We encourage you to do the simple exercise. Count your blessings. See what God has given you. That way, when God asks you, what's that in your hand? You'll be able to tell Him you're doing well with the gifts, skills, resources, interests, relationships, opportunities, all for His glory. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for choosing us and using us to be part of your story. Guide us to be open vessels for your Holy Spirit and good stewards of the gifts and talents you give us. Guide us to do well with what we have in our hands now. In Jesus' name, amen.